take a deep breath Take the higher road That's what they always say As if they know the way They won't take it from me But don't ever doubt yourself It's life and just a dream You make your own So kick and scream The people will like With a never-ending force You never had the chance So what you waiting for The day has come, my friend Cause this is war Welcome to Nurses Out Loud. I am your host, Nurse April, and today I want to talk about something that I haven't talked about before, and that is the current situation with the war going on in Ukraine, as well as the potential war, aka World War III, that it seems our government wants to push us into. My opinions are just that. They are my opinions, and I haven't spoken about them very much to most people. And I think in many ways, I'm still working through what I think or what I feel, but I know what my gut is saying. So I'm going to share that with you, as well as um, some information that I got this week from a flyer that came from the U.S. government recruiting nurses to join the military. That was interesting to me. So I want to touch on that as well. Again, I am your host, Nurse April, and this is Nurses Out Loud. Our show airs Monday through Friday, 10 a.m. Eastern Standard Time with an encore at 11 p.m. Our shows typically go to podcast around a day or two after they air live. And you can listen to those podcasts on any of your favorite podcasting apps. So let's talk about this. So I was first intrigued when I got this flyer in the mail from the U.S. Navy asking me to go online and sign up to get more information. And they were dangling this carrot. And the carrot was that nurses had the potential to get up to $250,000 in bonus money if we were to join. Now, that is a lot of money. Imagine. $250,000 for every nurse that decided to join the military. I'm curious as to where we were going to get that money from. And I don't know what the budget looks like, the, the government budget, but I do know that we're in a tremendous amount of debt. So I guess we are going to just start printing off more money to pay or to cover these bonuses, which it, you know, there was a star at the bottom of the flyer that said that that it could change at any time. And so that was a little bit strange. Like, how are you going to offer a bonus? And then you have the power to retract that bonus and change your mind after I've already signed up. That seems strange. So I went to the website and they wanted me to put in my uh, information, which I thought, no, that's, that's a bad idea. I don't even want them to know that I even looked at this. And the only reason why I went is because I was curious to learn more about what were the guidelines and what were the provisions that allowed someone to get such a high bonus. I actually was able to locate one article that is from the government. Um, It's the fiscal year 2020 Navy active duty nurse corps special pay guidance. So I'll include a link in the show notes if anybody is actually interested. 
if that sounds like good money to you. But I will say that based on reading the details, I kind of just glanced over them, but the only people getting a $250,000 bonus are CRNAs. So all the rest of us, I mean, they had some like, for instance, if you were a critical care nurse, you could get up to a hundred thousand dollars and then any other specialties you and that's, that's based on a four-year obligation. And then, um, the others, you can get a $30,000 lump sum for four years or $20,000 for a three-year obligation. So I personally am not even a little bit interested. And, and what's interesting is that I am someone who has a great deal of respect for our military. Since I was a young, I was 17. Um, and I wanted to join the military myself and I almost did, but my mom wasn't going to have any part of that. She did not want me to join the military because she didn't think that they treated women. Well, there were a lot of bad things that were happening. And, and during her time, I'm sure there was when she was coming up. And so that, I mean, and she was very adamant about that. She was not going to let me join the military. So I ended up going off and getting married instead. (laughs) But, um, I didn't join the military, but in my heart, I always regretted that. I always wished that I had. And so for years, whenever I met someone who was in the military and I had a chance to talk to them, I would ask them all kinds of questions and I would ask them, is it too late for me? And what I learned was that I had up until I was in, I think, I believe, my early forties, I thought at the time they said that if I already had my degree, it was possible that I might be able to join when I was like 41 or 42. And so I always held on to that. Like, okay, once my kids are finally grown up and I'm going to go ahead and I'm going to finally join the military because it was something that I, I felt was important for me to do in my lifetime. Now, that I know what I know about our government and about the corruption. I've changed my mind. I wouldn't fight in any of the wars that our government is instigating because I don't trust them. I don't trust them at all. And I wouldn't be willing to put my life on the line for one of their wars that they're only putting out there because they want to earn money. They want to make money. They want to, you know, get more power. They want to take over other people's land and resources. I love my country. I hate my government. And I don't say that lightly. I say that knowing that I no longer live in a country where freedom of speech is an actual right afforded to me. I recognize that by saying that out loud, I am putting a target on my back and that my government can come for me and they can do all kinds of things that they want because I'm sure that they already, based on all sorts of um, spying and all sorts of um, information gathering that they do on all of its citizens, I'm sure they already know that I am not an easy target that I have not been one to just conform. And so me saying this out loud 
is just confirmation that they can use against me later, but it's the truth. I don't trust the American government as far as I can throw it. So the last thing I would do is actually join a military that is run by this corrupt government. I would join this military to fight for my countrymen, to protect the citizens of my country, my brothers and my sisters. But I would not go and fight in a war that I don't even believe is just. So I came across this video. um, I was watching Redacted earlier this week and I overheard a clip from Zelensky. And he was saying that the U.S. was going to have to send their sons and daughters over to Ukraine to fight and to die. And I immediately was in a rage. I have six children. So the thought of sending any of my children to go and fight in a war that I do not believe is is even legitimate is abhorrent. It, it will not happen. And the fact that he even said it, the fact that the words even came out of his mouth made me so angry. So I decided to do a little a little digging to make sure that I understood the context of what he was saying because I'm like, this dude is crazy. And it seems like everything he asked for, although initially it's one of those things that everyone blows off. Oh, it's not what he meant. Oh, it's not going to happen. It seems like he says it and then it happens. We're sending so much money. We've sent billions and billions of dollars of U.S. dollars to Ukraine. We've sent so many weapons. We're sending tanks. Now he's asking for, for fighter jets. I mean, he, he, he's asking for the world and we're giving it to him. If you were to look, I saw a chart of how much money has been given to Ukraine so far from all of the different countries in the world and the amount of money that has come from the United States of America versus every other country, including the European countries, is sick. So I don't see that as Americans are being patriotic or we just want to defend democracy in another country. No, I see that as what it is, a money laundering scheme that our politicians are taking money from the citizens and they are pushing it through Ukraine and then it's circling back into their pockets. And it'll be discovered eventually, one day. But I think by the time it's finally discovered, it'll be too late. A lot of people will have died because the U.S. government, again, is wholly corrupt. Truly. I believe that in my heart. Um, But I did come across a fact check. And so I wanted to clarify what Zelensky said when he said the U.S. will send its kids to war for Ukraine. So I came across this Newsweek article, and I'm really leery of these fact checkers. But let me just read this to you and I'll let you decide. So here it says, on the one year anniversary of Russia's full scale invasion of Ukraine, President Volodymyr Zelensky held a lengthy press conference in Kyiv, answering questions from journalists from around the world. In the briefing, Zelensky answered a wide range of questions from reporters as he marked a a year since Russia invaded his country 
on February 24, 2022. These included whether he believes his Russian counterpart, President Vladimir Putin, might invade another country, the possibility of Putin being tried for war crimes in the International Criminal Court in The Hague, on weapons promised by the West, as well as some personal questions such as the most horrible moment of the war so far for Zelensky and about his family. A short clip from Zelensky's February 24th press conference has circulated online with many suggesting it shows the Ukrainian leader calling on the United States to send children to fight in Ukraine. It was shared on Twitter by the Hodge twins, also known as the conservative twins, whom I love, by the way, just throwing that out there. They are funny. They do say some things that are kind of raunchy, but they're funny. I mean, they're comedians, so whatever. The Hodge twins are an American stand-up comedy and conservative political commentary duo consisting of identical twin brothers, Keith and Kevin Hodge. Okay, whatever. Is this real? Zelensky saying Americans will send their sons and daughters to war for Ukraine and potentially die. Oh, hell no. The Hodge twins wrote in a caption. The 19 second clip has gone viral on Twitter, garnering more than 3.5 million views at the time of writing since it was posted on Tuesday night. I'll include this um, clip in the show notes so you guys can watch and decide for yourself. But here's what they say. These are the facts, according to this article from Newsweek. The short clip is missing a lot of context. Zelensky's remarks were in response to a wider question about opinion polls in the U.S. that indicate a growing number of Americans believe the Biden administration is providing too much support to Ukraine. Ukraine's president was asked about his message what his message would be to Americans with these concerns. Zelensky began by thanking Americans for showing support to Ukraine and said he believed withdrawing or decreasing support could hypothetically have an impact on their children should Russia win the war as a result. He said, quote, are American children any different from ours? Don't Americans enjoy the same things as we do? He asked rhetorically. I don't think we're very different. Zelensky suggested that if American support for Ukraine weakened and depleted and Kyiv went on to lose the war against Russia, NATO members, including the U.S., risk being dragged into a bigger conflict. This, Zelensky predicted, is because, quote, Russia is going to enter Baltic states, NATO member states, and then the U.S. will have to send their sons and daughters exactly the same way as we are sending our sons and daughters to war. And they will have to fight because it's NATO that we're talking about, and they will be dying, God forbid, because it's a horrible thing, end quote. The clip was removed from its important and clarifying context, giving a misleading impression of what Zelensky said. The Ukrainian leader's remarks were a hypothetical answer about what could happen should Ukraine lose the war to Russia, partially due to decreased support from the United States. The president speculated that Russia would start a broader conflict with NATO's Baltic allies, pulling the U.S. directly into fighting a war, meaning Americans would end up sending their children to the battlefield in Europe. Zelensky did not suggest that Americans should send their children to fight now for Ukraine against Russian forces. Okay, so that's the article from Newsweek. What I have to say about that is we have members from various countries already claiming that Ukraine will will become a part of NATO. That is their end goal, which means that we as United States citizens will be required to defend Ukraine from Russia. That's the way I understand it, right? So what's interesting to me is how we talked about last year, um, there were some updates 
to the draft language, there was some clarifications about transgenders and that transgender men, let me see, let me see if I can make this make sense. Okay. Men who are born men, but have transitioned to become women are still required to sign up for the draft if they're between the ages of 18 and 25. Whereas women who were born women, but transition to men do not. Does that make sense? So transgender women who are technically men still based on their chromosomes, XY, are required to sign up for the draft, which means that if there was a draft, there has not been since the 70s, but if there was a draft, they are required to sign up. It was interesting because I I was curious as to why that was even a concern. Why are we even talking about a draft? But then when you see how the military is having such a hard time recruiting, they are not meeting their recruiting numbers. Our military also is short because of the vaccine mandates. They lost soldiers that way. So we're not getting enough new recruits. They kicked out soldiers because they didn't want to be vaccinated. So they've crippled our military and now they're circling back. And they were actually even talking about including women in the draft again. And they, they really actually were trying to pass this law Congress where they were trying to include women in the military draft. So women between the ages of 18 and 25. And thankfully we do have some lawmakers who pushed back, um, including Republicans like Senator Josh Hawley of Missouri and Republican Chip Roy of Texas. They slammed the proposal as total, complete bullshit, the S word, on social media back in September. And um, Politico first reported that the language would be dropped from the bill. And it was, but originally they were wanting the language requiring women to register for the draft was included in an initial version of the bill, which passed the house in September, September of 2021, they were wanting to include women in the draft. And then in December 7th, that's when this article ran, they said that they dropped that language. And so far it's still going to be only men. Now, Should women be forced to join the military in case we are in a critical situation and we need to fight? Mm, I don't know. I really don't know where I stand on that. I know in Israel, all people have to join the military, men and women. And I do believe that women are capable of, of fighting. And actually, from what I've been told, when I was um, working on getting my um, concealed concealed handgun license, our instructor was saying that women are actually better at shooting than men. Interesting, right? So potentially, women could serve a useful role in combat. But at the same time, I am very traditional and I do believe that women shouldn't be fighting men. Like, what is that? It's not really a fair fight at all. Unless you have weapons that you're shooting at, 
them from a distance. I don't see how a woman and a man can be expected to have a fair fight physically. So in that case, you know, if you want as a woman to be on in the combat lines, if you want to do that, totally fine. But don't force a woman. And that's just my opinion. Again, all of this is me looking at the news, the headlines, reading articles, and just this is my opinion. I don't want my daughters being pulled into any of these NATO wars. I don't want my sons being pulled into, into these combats, into these fights. Because again, I just don't believe that these are righteous wars. And honestly, I bet the citizens of those other countries that we are trying to war against or our government wants us to go to war against, I'm sure that they don't want it either. So why are we fighting these wars for our corrupt politician? So that these companies, these bureaucrats and these companies that make all of this money can be enriched by our fighting. Open your eyes, people. It's not worth it. We all need to stand up and say no more. We're not going to fight your wars anymore. We're not going to let you continue to use us and abuse us. We're not going to let you continue to manipulate us or treat us like a bunch of lab rats in your experiment, in your war games. So that's my opinion on war-related things at the moment. I just want to summarize it just to be clear. I don't agree with this war in Ukraine, never have, not for one second. Before the war started, Biden gave us a warning telling us that Russia was getting ready to invade Ukraine. And apparently he spoke too soon because they didn't. So he kind of walked that back. And then they ended up invading Ukraine like a couple weeks later. So it's like this thing was planned. It's like they this 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 is a whole game that they're playing with us. And I don't believe anything that that is coming out of the mouth of our president, the U.S. president. And I truly hope that people in other parts of the world are hearing the American citizens who are pushing back against this rhetoric. Hear us clearly. Our president is a nut. We do not support our government and what they're trying to do. It's not us, it's them. Just like we understand and recognize that it's not you, it's your governments that are doing crazy, foolish things. It's not the Chinese people. It's their government. It's not the Ukrainian people. It's their government. It's not the Russian people. It's their government. I mean, it's, it's like across the globe, we have these very, very small, select few people in charge who are trying with all of their might to destroy everyone's lives. Know that we see you, we see what you're doing, and we're going to speak up and we're going to speak out and we're going to get loud and we're going to scream and shout and we're going to do everything we can to push back because this is not what we want. We do not want a World War III. We do not want to go to war with Russia. We don't want to go to war on behalf of Ukraine, and at least I don't. I do not believe this is a just war. I believe that there's so much corruption going on in this war that it's just seeping. It's just oozing out in every direction. There's so many unanswered questions like, why are we sending tens of billions of dollars that are unaccounted for? Are you kidding me? 
Like if I, as a citizen were to get money from the government, I would have to have an accounting for every single penny and where it went. But our government can send money to another country and they don't have to show an accounting. They don't have to say where the military weapons are going. They don't even know. They don't know if the weapons are going into the hands of the wrong people. What kind of ridiculous banana republic do we do we currently live under in America? I've heard people talking about the idea of a national divorce for years. And it seems like in some ways, like divorce, it's such a bad thing. It is truly such a devastating thing for people to undergo. I know I have been through one. It is just a terrible thing for the entire family. So the idea of a national divorce to me is not something that I look at or think about lightly. I think that there's this heavy weight that goes along with the idea of dividing up our nation. And I think about it quite often because I wonder what are the options? What do we, what are our options? Those of us who don't want to continue to be dragged around by the, those who are corrupt within our government, those who are pushing forth laws that we are no longer in agreement with. And in many ways, it's, it feels like that is our only option to secede to start our own, to be free of this corruption, to be free of participating in the bloodshed that we don't agree with. Like, I don't want blood on my hands. I don't want to be a part of a system that, that thinks it's okay to overthrow nations because they have resources that we could use. How do we push back? What do we do? What do we say? What do we what power do we have when, for instance, our president is signing us up to give away our sovereign rights, give away the rights that were endowed to us by our creator, by enjoining us into this World Health Organization treaty, allowing unelected officials to govern us, to tell us when and where we can go, what medications we have to inject into our bodies, what companies are allowed to survive and thrive, which ones have to close and shut down. All of these rights that we're giving away to an organization bought and paid for by the Bill and Melinda Gates Foundation. A, a money, another money laundering scheme, in my opinion, where we're taking U.S. tax dollars and funneling it into the World Health Organization and I'm sure it ends up back in the pockets of our corrupt leaders. So what do we do, people? What do we want to do? When do we stop talking and when do we start fighting? When do we start to push back and say, I won't participate anymore in this game? When do we say... No more. We won't put another dollar into this economy. We won't put another dollar into this government system until things change. How do we fix it? These are like serious, legit questions that I have. Most of the time, the answer is that I'm given is no, you're not allowed to stop paying taxes. You're not allowed to um, 
give up on the system. Just keep voting. We just got to vote the right people in office. What? Who are the right people? Please tell me, who are the right people? I believe our government is so far gone and so corrupt that there are no more right people. We need to burn it down and start all over. Clean slate. But that's just my opinion. I want to talk about a different topic on the other side of this break. I want to talk about an article that I read that is very concerning about Robert Malone and what he knew about the mRNA technology and what he did not disclose when he had the opportunity to over the last three years. So we're going to go to break. And on the other side of the break, I am going to go over an article written by the Breggans. It's time and this is These days, every time you turn on the news, it seems like there's a new threat to your health. Maintaining a strong immune system has never been more critical. Advanced nutrition company, Healthy Cell, created Immune Super Boost to help you strengthen your immunity. Unlike other supplements that don't work, Immune Super Boost is not a pill. It's a gel you swallow with ultra-absorption of science-backed nutrients proven to support immunity, like vitamin C, D3, zinc, elderberry, and echinacea. These physician-formulated gels come in a small gel pack. Tear off the top and shoot it down, or mix it in water. Boost your immunity. Go to HealthyCell.com and use limited time code OUTLOUD for 25% off your first order. Risk-free. Love it or your money back. Guaranteed. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. HealthyCell.com. Code OUTLOUD. You already know Genesis plus HOCL is your best defense against viruses. But did you also know it's the most powerful weapon for eliminating airborne mold too? Customers are raving about the Genesis Fogger's ability to tackle mold problems and the bad smells that go with them. And we all know mold is a hazard to your health. There's no airborne invader that Genesis can't handle. Visit genesisfogger.com forward slash out loud to receive a 15% discount on the Genesis Fogger with promo code OUTLOUD. With Genesis, you're ready for anything. Welcome back. As I said before going to break, I wanted to go over an article that I came across on Substack by Peter and Ginger Bregan. The article is entitled, Could This Man Have Saved the World? Very, very interesting question to ask. And so I went ahead and started reading and I was actually, I was stunned actually to read it. Um, I'm going to just read a little bit of it to you and then, uh, and then the rest I'll just summarize. On February 2nd, 2023, Robert W. Malone, MD, finally called for a ban on mRNA and DNA COVID injections, years after many of us had come to the same conclusion. But to our shock, we have now discovered that Malone, more than three years ago, had already scientifically proven 
and published that these COVID vaccinations with genetic mRNA and DNA were too dangerous for human consumption, even experimentally. He never made professional or public disclosures of this information. Meanwhile, the article remained in obscurity until we recently discovered it. In January 2020, Malone published on ResearchGate an elaborate scientific paper with MIT researcher Daryl O'Rick as the first author in which the two concluded that all COVID-19 vaccines, including mRNA, were too deadly to be given, even experimentally, to humans. The duo of Rick and Malone followed this up by submitting the paper to Lancet, and the journal put the article up on its pre-publication platform in March of 2020. The article is still in place today online and has never, to our knowledge, been published in a fully peer-reviewed format. I have a lot of thoughts about that. I, I have sat back during this movement and I have evaluated people trying to be objective when it's so easy to fall into the frenzy and to pick a side and to believe in there being the good guys and the bad guys. And what the good guy said had to be true and what the bad guy said had to be false. And I have listened to Dr. Malone throughout this discourse. And some for some reason, I've always taken some pause with him because it seemed like for me, just in my own evaluation and my own gut instinct, it seemed like he was very arrogant. He was constantly touting his credentials, which I get a lot of the doctors within this movement do that. A lot of people within this movement and, and outside of this movement, a lot of public figures, people who speak out, do have to recite their credentials. And I guess it's because people are like, who are you to say X, Y, and Z? What's your background? What's your pedigree? Are you even qualified to make these statements? I get all that. So that was kind of the thing that I would tell myself. The reason why they do it is because they have to, because otherwise people would discredit them. They wouldn't listen to what they were saying. You know, I gave all these excuses, but my instinct was, mm, there's something not quite right. There's something very self-centered about the way some of these personalities present their ideas and their, and their information. And so when I used to hear things that Dr. Malone would talk about, and I used to hear about his connections within the government and within certain agencies, I was always kind of like, well, if you're that intertwined and if these are your people or were your people, how are you even allowed to speak out right now? Because the others have been silenced. Why are they letting you speak? I always thought that was weird. And I've always wondered if there's this 
chance, this possibility that there are plants, that the government allows certain people to be planted within movements to spy, to get in on the inside and disrupt and cause problems and to prevent the movement from gaining enough traction to have real power to make change. And so there are certain people that I have wondered about, and I know that there's always, you know, this inner turmoil that rises up or bubbles up to the top and causes distractions. And I'm not about that. I don't want distractions. I want people to stick to the issues at hand, which is to save people's lives, to expose truth and to leave the messiness behind, right? Let's not destroy our opportunity to make change by being messy. But when I came across this article, I was actually pretty shocked because I can't even count how many interviews or how many platforms I have actually seen Dr. Malone on. I have seen him at a lot of events for the last three years, speaking out, and and pushing back against the vaccines, not pushing back as hard as I felt he should based on what we've been told, based on the information that's come out, but he he has been pushing back. But when I learned that he had published this article back in January of 2020, knowing that if he had pu- published it in January of 2020, he must have been working on it far longer. And this vaccine that came out that was to be used against a virus that seemingly came from a lab that produced it using gain of function techniques. Mm. You know what I mean? Too many, too many things are lining up but not in the way that they should. How could he have published this article in 2000, January of 2020, right at the beginning of the pandemic? And then we move forward a few months and it's determined that Operation Warp Speed, we're gonna give these pharmaceutical companies as much money as they need to develop a vaccine as quickly as possible. And we are going to strip away the rights, the human rights of citizens all over the globe in an effort to stop a virus that really can't be stopped. And we're going to use this new technology to create a vaccine that we're going to force people to get. And the person who's gone around and spoken about this all over the globe fails to mention how dangerous this technology is. He's the one who told us that he invented this technology. So of all people, he would be one of the few who would really truly be able to stand up and speak out against it and say either yes, 
it's safe or no, it's not. And I've heard Dr. Malone talk about antibody dependent enhancement, but I have never heard him discuss it in a way to say this particular technology will cause antibody dependent enhancement that is deadly and has been shown to be deadly in all the animals that were studied. And therefore we should not be doing any kind of research on humans until we're able to make it safe. I never heard him say that, but he wrote about it in his paper. So why did it take him three years to actually come out and speak out against these vaccines? I recently um, overheard someone talking about Bill Gates and how he dumped his stock prior to coming out against the handling of the pandemic and how, you know, they, they, it wasn't quite as bad as they thought it was in certain groups and that the vaccine didn't quite work as well as they thought it was going to. He came out and said these things after selling his shares. Now I haven't gone back and looked to see if this is officially true or not. I I came across this um, in a a news a news story that I was listening to. And wow, if that's true, I wonder if the same goes for some of these others who are finally coming out and speaking out and saying, you know what? Let's stop this technology. We need to start really digging in and understanding what people's actual monetary ties are and and how much did they stand to gain from allowing this to continue on i want to read a little more from the article so you can understand what the paper said so according to peter and ginger bregan Details of the Rick and Malone paper calling for a stop on COVID vaccine human research. And again, I am going to link this in the show notes so you can read the article for yourself in their Substack article. It's also on the americaoutloud.com website. I came across that article there as well. So either place you can go and read this article and it's definitely worth reading. But they said, The Rick and Malone publication focuses on antibody-dependent enhancement, one of the most intensively studied deadly adverse reactions found in animals and more recently in human research concerning vaccines for SARS-CoV-2. The SARS-CoV-2 vaccines allow breakthrough infections with SARS-CoV-2 to occur. When this happens, the vaccine-induced antibodies in the animal or human interact with the antibodies newly caused by the pandemic virus itself creating an interaction more deadly than the separate effects of either the vaccine or the SARS-CoV infection. In other words, genetically vaccinating someone for SARS-CoV-2 makes them at greater risk of contracting COVID-19 and at greater risk of harm and even death if they are infected by the actual virus. (laughs) 
Rick and Malone summarize their interpretation of their data as the concluding statement at the end of the summary at the top of the article. Interpretation, safety testing of COVID-19 S protein-based B cell vaccines in animal models strongly encouraged prior to clinical trials to reduce risk of ADE upon virus exposure, end quote. Notice they're making a strong warning not to proceed with human research until animal research shows a way to reduce the risk of ADE. The B-cell vaccines mentioned in the Rick and Malone warning are those that stimulate the B-cells, which are the ones producing antibodies. This includes Moderna, Pfizer, and all other vaccines that cause the body to make antibodies. Their publication makes clear that this warning is given for any SARS-CoV-2 vaccines that involve the production of antibodies, including those using fragments of, or, fragments of or all of the spike protein to activate antibodies. In the section on methods, they make clear that they personally tested the effects of all major SARS-CoV-2 proteins in regard to antibody-dependent enhancement. They also tested related viruses, including SARS-CoV-1 and MERS, and concluded that the problem was not unique to SARS-CoV-2, but to coronaviruses in general. In the section on vaccine risk for antibody-dependent enhancement, Rick and Malone write that their research leads to the prediction that new attempts to create SARS-CoV-2 vaccines have potentially higher risks for inducing ADE in humans. This is a critically important, dire statement about a very dangerous situation. Then they warn in their summary that new safety measures would have to be found because of vaccine efforts, which have failed due to ADE in animal models. Again, a dire warning. So, he didn't tell us. Why didn't he tell us? Why didn't he refer back to this article that he had written? Why didn't he say that he had this preprint, especially because so many people had preprints were, I mean, we were relying on preprints throughout the heat of the pandemic because the journals couldn't keep up with the amount of information that was being produced. So people were reading preprints all the time and, and garnering what information they could. So he should have said something. He should have said, hey, check this out. We published this article back in March. And this is something that's very important for people to know before they decide to go and get vaccinated. When he went on Joe Rogan's show back in December of 2021, he talked about all of his connections um, within <clears throat> the NIH and um, the Department of Defense. And so, I mean, and he talked about his, you know, like he had close relationships still with people who were working within these organizations. I remember this. And I mean, he's talked about this regularly. He talks about it pretty much every time he does an interview. And I've listened to his interviews all, all over the networks from Fox, to um, Joe Rogan, to um, I like to listen to the Dark Horse podcasts. Um, I heard his his interview on there. I've heard his interview. I, I mean, everywhere. You know, he's he's everywhere, and he talks about these connections that he has all the time. And now that we know more about the Department of Defense's role 
in these vaccines and the production. It makes me wonder. And, and all I can do is, is throw this out there and my thoughts, you know, I, I don't know exactly where this is going, but I'm curious. I am definitely curious. And I am, I, I, I have to look at him with a side eye now. I mean, I was already looking at him with a side eye. I can't, I, I have, I just have, especially because of some of the things that have come out and the attacks that he has had on different people within this this medical freedom movement. When you start attacking the people who you would think are on your side, it makes me wonder where your allegiances really lie. And, and not that you have to agree with everything that is being said, but why would you attack the people who are trying, who are all, number one, risking everything already, and then trying to promote freedom with, with silly, you know, silly things like, for instance, the lawsuit against the Bregans. I mean, when I heard about that, and I don't know the Bregans, I'm just now. Uh, learning about them and following them and and just within the last few months. But when I heard about the lawsuit, I was flabbergasted because why? I mean, this is a, you know, tens of millions of dollar lawsuit against them for saying something about some, you know, it was about um, the whole mass formation psychosis. And you know, so you're going to sue somebody for what? I think $28 million or some ridiculous number because they said something about you. Like, what is that? So when, when I heard about that on top of the other things that I had issues with, I was already kind of looking at him like, "Mm, I don't know about you, but now that I'm coming across this information about this article, I'm really, really concerned. And, And so just to state a little more about what's giving me even more heartburn (laughs) is that they talk about the importance of Dr. Malone's work as a public figure in deep state denizen. So in the 2020 scientific paper, and again, I'm reading from the article, Dr. Malone lists himself as the medical director of a biotech company called Alchem. On its website, Alchem lists a number of partners, including many corporations and agencies within the Department of Defense. One partner is the U.S. Army Medical Research Acquisition Activity Department of Defense, whose stated mission is to provide sound business advice and best value solutions to develop, deliver, and sustain medical capabilities and enhance warfighter readiness. Another partner from DOD is the Medical CBRN Defense Consortium, with the motto, Accelerating DOD's fielding of prototypes for medical countermeasures. Another partner, Cato Research, boasts of its deep connections to the DOD. Malone himself, in a CV from 2017, stated that the Department of Defense provided 90% of his income to his personal professional corporation. But Malone states, while still boasting about them later on, that these ties have now been terminated. On Joe Rogan's show on December 31st, 2021, Malone described his elaborate personal connections in the political arena surrounding virology and COVID-19. Now, I'm going to read you a quote, multiple quotes, 
that came from Dr. Malone from this article. It says, I've won literally billions of dollars in federal grants and contracts. I'm often brought in by NIH to serve as a study section chair for awarding, you know, 80 to $120 million contracts in vaccines and biodefense. I've spent countless hours at the CDC at the ACACIP meetings. I have multiple friends at the CDC. I work closely with Defense Threat Reduction Agency, which is, it's one of my favorite client partners, teaming partners, and I work with the Chem Biodefense Group. There's other branches, um, including the other. This is not the branch that funded the Wuhan labs. That's another branch of DTRA. Um, I've got many friends in the intelligence community, so I'm I'm kind of a pretty deep insider in terms of the government. I know Tony Fauci personally. I've dealt with him my whole career. And then, and then we had this particular outbreak and um, I was a uh, tip of the spear on bringing the Ebola vaccine forward that we now call the Merck Ebola vaccine. I'm the one that got Merck involved. End quote. To this day, Malone continues to boast about his former deep state and CIA connections. On February 3rd, 2023, he told an interviewer, I don't know this for a fact, but I speculate that Tony Fauci must be deeply embedded in the intelligence community or he wouldn't have the job that he used to have because he wasn't just head of the National Institute of Allergy and Infectious Disease. He was in charge of the entire biodefense slash weapons bioweapons program across both NIH and Department of Defense. So he had amassed that power. That's why he got his big bonus What was when he took, that's why he got his big bonus was when he took over the program oversight for DOD. Then the interviewer interjects. Yes, I, I, uh, the intelligence community is, is wrapped around this from soup to nuts. Yeah. And they don't play nice. They, they are trained liars. They, I know this because I've worked with them. I used to have a business partner who's retired CIA. He told me about their training, how they got trained. End quote. So I'm just putting it out there. I, I encourage you to read the article. And um, there's a lot more. It's very interesting. Worth a read for sure. So I will include that link in the show notes. And I am going to kind of just let you marinate on that. I'm going to do the same. It's a shame, you know, we've lost trust in our government, our leaders, our healthcare system. Can we even trust one another is a question that I ask. When it seems like everyone is out for themselves, that people are willing to sell their souls for a buck or 250,000 bucks. Who knows? Who knows where this leads? I don't, I don't know. But these are just some thoughts that I thought I would share with you. Maybe you're thinking the same thing. All I know is 
I don't plan on sending a single one of my six children to war. Not a single one. And I'm not going either. They've crippled our military. They've crippled our citizens. They've stripped our country of our rights and our freedoms. Even if they haven't done it through the legislation, they've done it through the culture. We're afraid to speak out. We self-censor all the time. What are we going to do? How are we going to save our country? All I know is that the best I can do at this moment is continue to work toward building a system where we have freedom, medical freedom, where we have this dual system. I want to educate people so that they can be informed, so that they can make decisions for themselves and for their family. When it comes to medical choices, I want you to be able to speak the language that we speak so you can call out the bull when you hear it. And I want to continue to shine a light in the darkness, expose the lies. And I want to encourage all of the listeners, please do the same. Be brave. Stand for something. It's time and this is